Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, Global Church, and all our friends that are in watching us from all over the world. I say it every week, but I'm thrilled to this because the problem of COVID has caused us to do something that I've wanted to do for years, and that is take our messages and our worship online. Why? Because I believe that Global has a voice in our nation of Great Britain and to the nations. I believe we have a flavour of church that will resonate in the hearts of so many people. We're not for everybody, but we are for somebody. We want you to know that we're here. And when you hear the kind of things and the way that we we, uh, understand the Bible and speak about God and Jesus, his son, and how, how you can receive the Holy Spirit who puts the super on your natural you think, do you know what? I think like him, or I think like this church. You know, we, we want to build and plant churches all over this world. And we're determined. We're not belligerent, we're not rude, but we are determined. We are single-minded. And giant killers are single-minded. Why? Because they are in it to win it. And, and it's pointless engaging unless you want to win. And, and so we're in it to win it. And this idea of passive Christianity that says, well, we're just here, and if you like, and perhaps maybe, and if it's God's will. No, it is God's will. You've got to know God's will. <laughs> it's God's will to spread the gospel all over this world. It's the good news about his son, Jesus Christ, paying the price, a price we couldn't afford to pay as a human race. He paid it at the cross for our sins that were a blockage between us and God. He removed the blockage, and now we have access to God if we want it, but we can only come through Jesus Christ. He's the only way. There is no other name under heaven given to men by which they must be saved. Acts chapter four, verse 12. No other name except the name of Jesus. He's the only one that can save us. But I want to shape us up. Hopefully I'm gonna finish the 10 characteristics of giant killers today. And uh, we've been on this for the last few weeks. I think I'm on my fifth week. (laughs) So I hope you're getting some stuff. I could go on forever with this stuff. I am passionate about this story. I'm passionate about the Bible. But this story is such a good one of David and Goliath. But you know, when we talk about Goliaths and about giants in your city or in your, wherever you are, there will be be social social evils and social ill and, and bad things happening in your communities. But behind that, so often we want to blame people, but behind those people, there is the first causes. I was mentioning this the other week. Don't get stuck on the second cause, which is the person. Behind them, there are evil forces at work operating. And when they find the evil in our hearts, because our hearts are sinful, and those two things match up, there is a manifestation of evil. And it, and it, it shows itself in, in different ways, you know, real drunkenness, real sexual immorality and, and all the devastation that causes. You know, we think, oh, he's funny, he's Jack the lad. No, 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 he's bad news in the community, is that man, and he needs somebody to talk to him, seriously. You know, and, and, and same with the girl, come on, wake up, girl. You're gonna be left holding the baby. And, you know, let's, let's get our thinking straight about relationships. Relationships are for grown-ups. 
they're not for kids. You can't play around with it. Listen, I'm no moral judgments from this fella. You know, I, I've been Jack the Lad. That's why I know. And I'm speaking, I'm speaking about it because that's what I know. And the answer is, is, is righteousness. You know, David went, King David, uh, well, David the shepherd boy, he went for what was the reward if I take down this giant? You know what the reward is for living right? That's another way of saying righteousness. The reward for righteousness, the Bible says, is peace. The fruit of righteousness is peace. It's in the book of Hebrews. The fruit of righteousness is peace. And, you know, back to the battle, because behind behind the, the social evils, there are there are evil powers at work and they are powerful. They are evil spirits and they, they, they inspire evil wherever they are. And, uh, and then they manifest through human beings. And so let me, let, let me read to you. This is what God's word says. So I'm not just making this up. Ephesians chapter six, Paul the apostle, he had so many tussles with these evil spirits manifesting themselves through people. And it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That's what he's saying to new believers. He's saying, you know, be, be, uh, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Come on, that's you. That's me. As we read God's word, we should take that and say that's God's will for us, to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. And listen, if you want to know what I'm saying is true, talk to most policemen and they will tell you, especially the inspectors, the higher up that they go, and they will tell you there's some things that are just evil. They are just dark. It's not like somebody having a, a, a mad fit one day, a fit of rage and something like There is something that is, you almost touch the evil. And this is what Paul's talking about here. And so he says, therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. That's the Bible. With the breastplate of righteous, knowing righteousness, knowing that you've received the righteousness from heaven. It's not your own righteousness, but your breastplate of righteousness in place. And with the feet, your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, knowing the gospel and sharing the gospel and being a man of peace. A man or a woman of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. You know, whenever you do good, there's always a backlash and you've got to put the shield of faith up. And uh, you're putting it up, sorry, you're putting it up in your mind because that's where the attacks come, in your mind. And it's like, oh, you shouldn't have said that. Oh, you idiot. Oh, you, you know, you, you just preach to them. They're just going to think you're preaching at them. Or, um, you know, you try to do something good. Oh, you think you're so good now. You think you're a goody, goody. All them thoughts come. You've got to put the shield of faith up. And you're saying, I did what I thought God was telling me to do. I did what I thought was right in that situation. Take the helmet of salvation 
and the sword of the spirit. You know, it's all part of a Roman soldier's armory and they had helmets to protect them, protect their mind, protect their heads. Put the helmet of salvation on. Know that you are being saved. You're a work in process. You're not saved. You're being saved. We're saved from the penalty of sin. We're being saved from the practice of sin. And one day when Jesus returns, we will be saved from the presence of sin. I need to take notes on myself. So put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the sword of the spirit is the, the Bible that as you read it and then something illuminates, something like it registers. God, I didn't know that were in the Bible. That's exactly my situation. That is the sword of the spirit. And we have to take that. And, he, and Paul says, and, and then pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind. Be alert. God wants alert. Are you alert? <laughs> Be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. See, we're not about hurting people, but we're about preaching the gospel. And when you preach the true gospel, what happens is there's a backlash. And Paul, he said, Paul said it there, I'm in chains. Why was he in chains? Had he been breaking windows? Had he been drunk? Had he been fighting in the street? No, we were preaching about the love of Jesus. <laughs> this world can't cope with it because there are invisible giants all over that are against the gospel and against church planting and against God's work here on earth. And we have to take down the strongholds, not by fisticuffs, not by hurting people, but by prayer, but by living the life, by sharing the gospel, by holding your tongue sometimes when you want to retaliate. Gosh, I did want to get on with these <laughs> 10 characteristics, but I'm just saying that, you know, church leaders, you know, when we're planting churches in a city, you have got to be in it to win it. You've got to go and, and, and be confident that God is with you. And no matter what giants come at you, God will give you the victory. With my God, I can scale a wall. With my God, I can advance against the truth. With my God, I can do all things through Christ. Come on, get hold of that victory spirit. We are more than conquerors in Christ. And come on, let's go and take this gospel and see people's lives transformed. I've seen people, so many people have come against me when I've shared the gospel. I had a psychology lecturer coming against me and mocking me in front of all these students. And you know, I did a tent mission in his area. He became a Christian. <laughs> He's a vicar in my own town now. He's an amazing fella. And we talked, uh, you know, afterwards, we, uh, you know, years later, we talked and we laughed and he just said, can you remember? I said, I remember. I remember it well. <laughs> While I was still studying in that college, you know what happened? A guy came in to do the decorating. He's only a guy that I, I ended up fighting. Well, I ended up threatening him with an extension pole. <laughs> he, was, he was my foreman on a job. I was an apprentice painter and decorator for six weeks. <laughs> I got sacked. And there's this guy, and he looked at me and he saw me and went, I, I said, it's, let's call him Steve. I said, it's Steve, isn't it? And he goes, no way, he says. You're Dave, aren't you? I'm going, yeah. He goes, how are you? And funnily enough, he were happy to, to meet me after I'd been so rude to him. And I was really happy to meet him. He says, what, what are you doing? And I said, I work for the church. And he's going, no way, not you. 
And what happened? And when I told him, he was just so thrilled for me. And he were engaging, he just said, he said, I've got to find something. But, but initially, me and him were enemies. The, the gospel is so powerful. And that's why we've got to be in it to win it. We've got to, we want to, Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. Come on, let's be good shepherds going looking for the sheep that are lost and there'll be Goliaths in our way. Let us take them down by prayer. Let's take them down by preaching the gospel. Let's take them down by a great lifestyle that does things right. You know, we're not perfect. Of course, we get things wrong. But, you know, generally speaking, we are on course and uh, people can see the light in us and they can follow that light. Giant killers, 10 characteristics. Giant killers, don't begin as giant killers. You know, they have to, they have to be made, made into a giant killer. Number two, giant killers see the potential reward if they defeat the giants. Number three, giant killers don't listen to doubting criticism. Giant killers are not overwhelmed by challenge. Mm, they're up for the fight. Giant killers, build upon past successes. They understand success is incremental. It's like climbing a mountain. You climb it and you're only to see another big mountain that you didn't see from down, down below. And you're like, oh, here's another one. And you go up and the view's even better. The reward is even better. And you keep going, you keep going. Number six, giant killers convince others that they will be successful. Others, they convince others to believe in them. And that's what a church leader does. That's what a business owner does. Gets people to believe in them, believe in the product. Come on, we're giant killers. Number seven, giant killers don't try to be someone else. That's where we're going today. Giant killers don't try to, to be somebody that they're not or somebody else. Find it in my notes for you. <laughs> Bit all over the show. I'm passionate about this message. It is so good. Giant killers don't try to be someone else. Let's read it from the story in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And this is uh, verse 38. And verse 38 says, Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armour on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. Can you imagine David? He's like this shepherd boy, but now he's got this armour on and he's walking around like this going, yeah, 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 no, yeah, no. And he was just being polite. He wasn't used to that kind of uh, arrangement. He wasn't used to fighting that way. He was, he used to fight in a way that was outside of the box. And so as he walked around, he just said, um, I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off he and, and he took his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the stream and put them in his bum bag. Put them in his pouch, it says here, of, the, uh, of his shepherd, ba uh, shepherd bag. And with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. You can almost see the drums going and uh, getting ready for the challenge. Amazing. Giant killers don't try to be someone else. King Saul offered David his army and his weapons. But David tried them on just out of courtesy. But he realised they didn't fit. It wasn't him. It wasn't who he was. And often you and I will find ourselves in them situations. Sometimes it's our parents. 
that want us to be something that we're not. It's just not us, it was you, but it's not me. And it's, it's the same in faith. I just want to encourage uh, some parents here of Christians and maybe uh, Christian kids, maybe uh, church leaders even. It's like, let them plough their own furrow. You just be on the sidelines, chirping in some wisdom. But, you know, and allow them to make mistakes. It's important that they make mistakes. It's important that they fail. And you've got to teach them how to fail well. Because, you know, you've, you, you will have failure in life. But that doesn't make you a failure. That just means you've, you've, you've not got to your destination yet. You've not, you've not got to your victory, I should say. And, you know, you get knocked, knocked back and you get seated on your backside sometimes. That's, you know, I've lost the fight. That's just a setback. And uh, God's, been, you know, setting you up ready for a comeback. You know, you've, you've got to have that Chamba Wamba song that says, and I get down, but I get up again. I get knocked down, but I get up again. And we need that. We need, we need that atmosphere in church where you're free to fail. Because failure is going to come. And it's, we don't stay there. We don't camp out there. That's just part of the journey. And failure causes to rethink why you've done what you've done. And, and as you rethink it and you get the victory, the victory is so much more sweeter. But you've got yourself an education. You have. And it's not through a book, it's through applying what the book says. And you, 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 you're finding out how to do it. And it's important. And so, you know, don't put your life on the next generation. And if somebody's doing that with you, you've just got to politely just say, it's not me. What I love about David, he, he refuses the armour that protects him. Just so many people... The self-protection is unbelievable. That's why they never see any miracles. They never, life never changes for them. Their life is so predictable and boring in so many ways and unfulfilling. Why? Because they have protected themselves so much. And David, the way that he worked was dangerous. In fact, you could call him Dangerous Dave because he took Saul's armor off and then he, he ran to the battle. There's no fear in that, is there? He ran. And he chose, he saw a stream, he knew that stream was there. And he ran to the stream because he'd seen so many streams in the backwaters and he knows there's going to be stones there. So he goes down and it, he knows God's provisions there. And it's, it, it, it's like, um, it's not textbook stuff. You can't learn this in a textbook. You learn this by life's experience and the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you. And, and, and David gets all the five smooth pebbles and puts them in his bum bag and then he approaches the giant them words are fantastic that's like a film happening isn't it so god's provisions there on your way to fighting the giant if you find yourself sat or stood keeping looking at defeat thinking i cannot get through this it could be a financial you're financially in, in debt it could, it could be a potential marriage breakup or it's a, a marriage that's gone to the wall and you're like, I can't go on. Yes, you can. And you, you, you've just got to look and say, I can't see it, but I'm going to believe that God's provision is in front of me. And you've got to face that giant and maybe you've failed and you've fallen and you, know, you just think, I can't go on. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. With my God, I can do all things. And so you've got to keep going forward because you've got to take that giant down. Why? Because if you don't take that giant down, that giant is going to take you down. And so come on.
rise up. Maybe you're not a believer today and I'm saying, come on, rise up. And if you, if you think, I don't know that I've got it in me. When you believe in God, you don't have to have it in you. He's got it all. And he says, all that I have is yours. How do I know that? Read the parable of the prodigal son. And remember, it's Jesus telling the story. And he's describing what the father's like. And he says to the oldest son, but everything I have is yours. That's what God wants to say to somebody today. Everything I have is yours. And we get it by faith. We, get, we don't get it by crying. We don't get it by weeping and mourning. We don't get it by just being angry with God. We get it by faith. And we, when, we get, when we wobble our heads and we say, I am in it to win it, God will back you up, honestly. So anyway, just saying, do not let that giant take you out. If it's debt, do not. There's a way through it. There always is. There is a way through it. And there's people who know far more about finances than I do. You know, there are many, many people that are believers that can help you finding a way through. During a crisis, people will try to make you like them. Be careful of that. You'll never defeat the giants in your life with natural weapons. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, round about verse 5, it says, Our weapons of warfare are not carnal, they're not human, they're not natural, but they are powerful for pulling down strongholds. And, and, and he says, Paul says, we demolish every thought that, that sets itself up against God's word. When you think about what you're thinking about, how much of it is true from God's word and how much of it is just what your mates have told you in the pub? How, how much of it is, is what you, well, I think this. And sometimes we surround ourselves with people that are full of opinions. Who's, who's ever been around a lot of people who've got questions and when you've answered the questions, they've got a ton more questions. Those people never make headway in life because they're too busy questioning. There comes a time when questions have to finish. Trust has to happen. And then we have to engage the giant or engage our future, engage our business, engage our career, engage our church planting, whatever it is that we're into. And questions eventually have to stop. And by faith, we go for it. And our God is with us. God only expects us to use what we have to overcome our giants. Remember Gideon? He says, God, the angel of the Lord came to Gideon in Judges chapter 6. And he says, you know, hey, mighty warrior, mighty, mighty warrior of God. And he goes, mighty warrior. He said, if God was with me, he says, where's all the miracles? I like Gideon because he's right, honest. And uh, the angel had to say to him, Come on, God's called you and he's going to give you victory over this nation. And he says, but I'm, the, uh, you know, my tribe is the least of all the 12 tribes of Israel and my clan is the least. And in my, in my family, I'm the least. And he's trying to like disqualify himself. And, um, and the angel said to him, go in the strength that you have because God is with you. That's what I want to say to you today. Go in the strength that you have and you'll, God will put the super on your natural Number eight, I've got to rush through these. Giant killers face the challenge with a higher purpose. Verse 46 and 47. And it says, This day the Lord will give will hand you over to me. This is David speaking to the giant. And I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. 
giant killers face the challenge with a higher purpose. I want God's name to be honoured in my nation and throughout the nations. His name is so dishonoured and I want his name to be honoured. I honour the name of Jesus. He's awesome. He's the one person that we should stand in front of or kneel or give our allegiance to. David saw this challenge as being more than just a battle with a nine foot tall guy. He faced it with a higher purpose. David ran to the battle so that the world would know that there is a God in Israel. He saw it as, he saw it as an enemy without a covenant with the living God. In other words, without a relationship with the living God against somebody who has got a relationship with the living God and who represented him. It was a statement of things to come about God's great power. David wanted the world to know that God is powerful. When you look at, at, at some people and some church representatives, they make God out to be some feeble academic, some anemic academic with a stained glass voice who couldn't fight the way out of a paper bag and perhaps and maybe and nothing definite and absolutely nothing like Jesus. And they want to appear humble. They're not humble. They are pathetic. And uh, I'm not usually this negative, but I, it just, it, I'm hot for the honour of God. I want, it's, it's not like God's got two oranges under his arms. He's walking around going, oh, I'm a tough guy. I'm not talking about, about that. But God is powerful. And he, he overcomes powerful situations in our life, working through us, imperfect people. He's awesome. And I want people to know that. Why don't the BBC come and interview me? If you're out there, you can call 07. <laughs> the power of an eye purpose. You know, Noah, there was only eight in his family, him and his wife and his three sons and their, their wives. Noah could overcome the scoffing of the people because he had a purpose, a higher purpose. You know, there was a population explosion, but only eight people were saved in the ark. Only eight people. But you know, the invitation went out to everybody. Judgment day is coming. I live for an higher purpose. And I want to say Jesus is God's ark today. And you need to be in him. He's the only way you can be saved. Abraham, he could leave his hometown and go and live in a new land because of an higher purpose. He left his home for an higher purpose. If you're going to be into church planting, God may call you to leave your city go somewhere he may call you to stay there but he may call you to leave why for a higher purpose of planting a church joseph had strength to endure a dark, a dark prison because he had a dream daniel could sleep in a lion's den full of lions because he clung to a higher purpose and i could go on about the three hebrew boys meshach shadrach and a bungalow abednego uh, you, you know, they, they were put into the fiery furnace when they came out, they didn't even smell a spark, never mind being burnt. Nothing touched them. Why? Because they lived for a higher purpose. Let's just go right through it. Paul endured torture, slander and shipwreck because he had a higher purpose. Jesus, our example, endured the cross because of his higher purpose to seek and to save that which is lost. And in a couple of minutes, I'm going to give you an opportunity to be reconciled back to God. Wow. I'm his ambassador. I'm not his only one. I'm one of the best, Pro probably the best. The best. <laughs> but I'm here on earth as his ambassador. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to meet with Almighty God and your creator. How awesome is that? 
I do it every week. He's so incredible. And you can know his peace and his love and his forgiveness and his eternal life. And it'll start in the next few minutes. So don't go away. Number nine, giant killers are eager to win. They're in it to win it. And you can judge the size of a person by the size of the problem that they are willing to face. What are you facing today? Come on, stand up tall, put your shoulders back and go again. Switch back on, turn back on the dream machine. Come on, let God fill you with his Holy Spirit today. Let my words challenge you, but inspire you, but challenge you, but inspire you to go again, go again. Come on, we're in it to win it. Last of all, we've got there. <laughs> Number 10, giant killers take those that are around them to a higher level. And the first sign, so David, he defeated Goliath with a stone, not with a sword, but with a stone. Unconventional warfare. That's what I loved about David. He said, I can only do it my way. And it's out of the box thinking. And we've got to be people like that. And when Goliath hit the deck, he was dead. He was out. And David took Goliath's sword, the very weapon that the enemy was going to use to take him out. God used to take him out. And that's a word for somebody today. The very weapon that's coming against you, God is going to reverse and take it out. On the, he's going to use that to give you the victory. And David cut the Philistine's head off, lifted it up in a victory shout. And all Israel went, yes. And all the Philistines went, oh no, bad day. And they start running. And David raised the level of all those around him to a higher level. And uh, in that day, in, in the first sign of a crisis, I should say, is when you have a, a major problem and no one tries to help you. David was on his own. And once David solved the problem of Goliath, the armies of Israel ran to chase down the rest of the Philistine army. They copied David. He ran to the battle. And they looked and they thought, we can run to it now as well. And so there's still a battle to fight, but the fear had been broken by this David. Let God break the fear of failure, the fear of I can't do it. Let him break that on your life through my words today. Let the passion come and get you. It's more than passion. What I'm saying is God's word. Take it with you and let it burn in your heart and let it produce in your life. They won the battle that day, but they were only able to win because David paved the way. I could say so much more, but we've come to the end. What a series. I absolutely loved it. David and Goliath be in it to win it. We are giant killers. We're called to be overcomers. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But I'm going to invite you today to, to know Christ and to have his Holy Spirit living within you. If you want to become a follower of Jesus today, I'm going to invite you now to say a simple prayer. It's a doorway in. So let's just bow our heads and pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you are the good shepherd and that you lead your sheep. And today I've heard your voice and I want to follow you. Please forgive me my sins. Thank you when you died on the cross, you paid the price for every sin I've committed. I want to leave that in the past. I open my heart to you and I ask that you'll give me your Holy Spirit to give me power to change and power to, to live life for you and to help others to find you. I thank you for eternal life. I receive it today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, let us know. And also, 
you know, maybe you, you, you want to be church planting. Uh, if, if you want to get involved in mission and church planting, get in touch with us because we're making disciples, planting churches and reaching cities. We want to reach your city. Maybe you don't even live in a city, but you're saying, I want to reach my people. I want to reach people in Brazil, people in Argentina, people in America, North America, Canada, uh, people in China, people in... So get in touch with us. You know, we'll see you. We'll see you next week. Keep safe and be bold and be strong. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 